Kristen Pleasanton, Deputy Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. With me in the studio is Mark Fields, Executive Director of the Grand Opera House and the newly named Playhouse on Rodney Square. Mark, welcome to Delaware State of the Arts. Thanks, Kristen. I'm happy to be here. Great. Um, first of all, I'd like to talk about um, sort of a transition in leadership that's occurred at the Grand recently and your new position. Yes, the, we were just talking that the last time I was here, I was here as the managing director, and now I'm here as the executive director. Well, I've been at the Grand Kristen for eight years now. Uh, I was brought in when Steve Bailey became the executive director as the managing director, and we have worked together as a team that in, entire period of time. And it's been a terrific partnership. Uh, uh, we're very different personalities, uh, but uh, we're right on the same page philosophically and have been from the very beginning and uh, kind of like an old married couple kind of <laughs> end, end each other's sentences. And and uh, we had been talking for a while that Steve's uh, first and true passion is programming, uh, okay. selecting the artists that we put on the stage of the Grand. And he had been finding himself more and more as the Grand has grown in national reputation and as we have attracted more and more A-list artists that the demands on his time from a programming point of view have just been greater and greater. And he was having a... a a challenge uh, budgeting his time between the executive director responsibilities, which for an institution the size of the Grand are, are also pretty important, oh, sure. very important, yeah. and and his uh, his programming responsibilities. And so we just decided to, to make this change, and we talked about it for a long time, and then we talked with our board leadership and made sure that everybody was comfortable with it. We announced it at our annual meeting in September, and it took effect in December. But the, the beauty of this, and it's such a rarity in, in the nonprofit arts world, is that team is not going away. Steve is remaining at the Grand as the managing director of programming. It will allow him to, to focus on his greatest strength and the lifeblood of the institution. And uh, I'll focus on the, the strategic and the, the uh, administrative and the operational needs that the institution needs to, to make that happen on stage. Great. And both of them are, are huge jobs. So, you know, I, I think that's um, that's wonderful that you both had the experience of the of the knowledge of the grant already before taking on these new roles. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the grant has gone through incredible change in the last eight years. Most arts organizations have as we weathered the economic downturn and kind of turned to new models of operating. And, and the, the grant has completely reinvented itself in the last eight years and become much more vital to the entire community, much more diverse and inclusive in its programming, uh, more connected to the community with our outreach. And, and so to be able to, to build on that foundation and continue it uh, with the same team in place and, and not just, you know, obviously Steve and I didn't do all of this by ourselves. Right. We have an incredible <laughs> staff, uh, dedicated, uh, innovative, uh, tireless uh, staff that have, have worked to put uh, these ideas in place and to kind of keep all of that team intact was just a, an incredible opportunity. That's great. I know um, nonprofits um, in particular are sort of, the, the staff is sort of unsung heroes and they really do a lot of work. Um, so congratulations to both of you and I'm, I'm sure it's going to work out really well. Well, thank you very much. And um, as the um, executive director now, there's a whole nother um, exciting um, sort of area for you to get 
get your hands on, and that is taking over operations at the DuPont Theater, and which is really newly renamed the Playhouse on Rodney Square. Newly and oldly renamed. And oldly, the, so the, it's a the, redo, right? Yes, uh, the uh, <laughs> DuPont Theater, which is within the DuPont building on Market Street in downtown Wilmington, has been in operation since 19... 19- 13, it's the younger sister to the grand old lady that the grand is, which was opened in 1871, but uh, still an old lady and uh, had been operated by the DuPont Company for more than 100 years. Well, they have made the decision as part of, you know, the ongoing effort that every corporation does to to uh, focus its energies to get out of the theater business. And they turned to the grand and said, Will you run this? And I think one of the first things that you know we need to talk about in this transition is what an incredible commitment that the DuPont Company made to Wilmington and to Delaware in preserving that space as a theater. Right. Because they could have very easily not done that. They could have turned it into other space. They could have closed it. Mm-hmm. And instead they turned to another organization and said, we want to keep this tradition going, but we don't want to do it ourselves. We'd like to turn it over to the professionals. And so that's truly visionary leadership on the part of the DuPont company. And it gave us an opportunity to do something new and uh, exciting. I guess we decided that one uh, big transition wasn't enough. We'd go for two. <laughs> of course. Why not? Why <laughs> <Sure>. not? <laughs> so we took over uh, in the middle of January. We'll finish the season that had been programmed by the existing staff. Uh, for the rest of this season, and then later this spring, we will announce the first full season of of the Playhouse on Rodney Square under the Grand's operation. And just to talk about that name for a minute, sure. I was joking about new and old. It was called the Playhouse for 90 years. Okay. It was only renamed in the early uh, 2000s, and one of the things that we wanted to do is to kind of go back to that old name, but also incorporate something else that gave it a kind of a fresh twist right. so that it is something that's both historic and new and I have to admit I think it sounds really classy too. It does it does I like it and as you mentioned um, both the Grand and um, the Playhouse have been around in Wilmington for over 100 years each um, and uh, they both had sort of distinctive programming with the Playhouse having more of a Broadway experience and the Grand having sort of a diverse array comedy, music, um, dance, those kinds of things. Did did you ever think of um, the programming as competitive or more complementary? Well, I think historically it has been, for the most part, complementary. Uh, one of the challenges that we've faced in recent years is, is all organizations are, are required to be, you know, more competitive to um, to, to survive and right. to succeed. There were places where... Uh, and not unique to the Playhouse, uh, where there was a little bit of competition beginning. And, and, and some of it is inevitable. When you've got two 1,200-seat theaters that are right. two blocks apart, uh, <laughs> there are going to be nights where you're both doing shows. And that, you know, that in and of itself isn't competition, but because the efforts were uncoordinated, two different right. organizations, you could end up having very similar programming on the same night, and then that wouldn't be good for anybody. Right. And so one of the advantages that I think this provides institutionally but also for the community, is it's the opportunity for us to coordinate that programming so that we make sure that nothing is going head-to-head with one another that would truly be in some way unfortunate competition. Right. 
One of the things, Kristen, though, that we have found out as we've been working on this, and this is a project we've been working on for almost a year, oh, okay. uh, is um, that the audiences are very distinct. Uh, we were surprised to find out how little overlap there was between the two audiences. And so we see this uh, as great opportunity. I think a lot of that, well, it's driven by two things. One is the programming, because mm -hmm. as you noted quite correctly, the programming has been uh, very different for the most part. And so people tend to go where the things that they like happen. Right. And so some of that's going to happen. But I also think part of it is that human beings are creatures of habit. And they find a place that they feel comfortable with the people that they feel comfortable with. And that's just fine by me. Sure, sure. And so we see this as an opportunity to kind of introduce both sets of programming to the other audience. And more importantly than that, to package them together so that there's actually a, a financial reward for trying events going on in both places. Now, we have no intention of duplicating the kind of programming at the at the Playhouse that has happened at the Grand, okay. we're going to find a way to keep them complementary. But another opportunity that this does offer for us is quite often the Grand, because of the size it is, it, it, 1,200 seats. Both of the theaters are roughly 1,200. 1,200 for the Grand and 1,240 for the Playhouse, okay. even though they are very different structurally kinds of theaters. Right. Um, we have three resident companies at the Grand, the Delaware Symphony Orchestra, First State Ballet, and Opera Delaware, and we do a very aggressive schedule of our own. Not just the public performances that people know, but school matinees and rentals and outside events. And quite often, the way we can most compete for our A-list artists that are touring nationally is when they have a hole in the schedule and we're some way somewhere in between two other points right okay. and uh, artists would much rather play on any given night than sit in a hotel room and so they'd come to the grand well if we didn't have the particular night they were looking for that was an artist that we lost out on but now we have doubled our chances for the opportunity of introducing some of these a-list artists to wilmington if it doesn't play at the grand it might play at the playhouse oh yeah that's great that will really benefit your patrons and the patrons of the playhouse as well Oh, and downtown Wilmington, Oh, definitely. Too. Downtown Wilmington is going to um, also reap some benefits, I know. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, the personalities of the theaters. I know the Playhouse you mentioned has just a few more seats than the Grand, but what would, what's the difference in sort of the visitor experience when sure. you're in one theater that, or the other? That's a great question. Uh, the Opera House, the Grand Opera House, which, as I said, was built in 1871, is a traditional opera house. And by that, it means that the seats on both levels, there are only two levels, curve around the auditorium, and, uh, which allows all of the seats to be closer to the stage. And that's a very familiar design in opera houses all over the world. La Scala, uh, the Metropolitan Opera are all designed like that so that you can get people closer to the stage so that they can hear the unamplified voice. Okay. And so it creates a, a very intimate experience. Uh, one of the, uh, and because um, the Grand Opera House was built originally in a partnership with the Masons, and on the third and fourth floors of the building, there are Masonic lodges and offices and, and, and meeting spaces that the Opera House stage is what's called dead hung. We can't fly in scenery from above. Oh, okay. And, and we can bring things in from the side, but not from above. The Playhouse, on the other hand, was built in 1913 as a Broadway theater 
to take productions either as they came out of New York or before they went into New York that were designed to fit in Broadway theaters in New York. And so it does have what we call fly space so that you can fly scenery in and out. The, the sides of the stage are a little larger than the grand as well. And then the auditorium is also designed more uh, consistently with Broadway theaters. There are three levels to it, an orchestra, a mezzanine, and a balcony. And so the seats are uh, uh, a little farther away, but they also go up higher so that you get that perspective looking down onto the stage. Okay. And so, it, but it's a beautiful theater on the inside, beautifully appointed uh, in the Edwardian style of the early 1900s. And 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 the Grand is a Victorian space. And so they really complement each other. They're both historic theaters, and they're both much beloved by the people who come to them. Yes, definitely. Um, I just want to take a moment to remind our listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Today I'm talking with Mark Fields, Executive Director of the Grand Opera House and the Playhouse on Rodney Square. Um, can we also talk a little bit about the Baby Grand and, and the visitor experience in that setting? Sure. You know, we don't want to forget our little yeah. sister, do we? Yeah. Well, the Baby Grand is another space within the Grand Opera House complex. It's not within the original building. In 2000, we built another building immediately adjoining the Opera House. It's actually attached to the outside wall of the Opera House, and it's called the Jocko Building. It, it houses our 300-seat Baby Grand Theater in addition to administrative offices and teaching studios and, and other meeting spaces and things above that. The Baby Grand, design-wise, was intended to kind of remind you of the Opera House without trying to duplicate the oh. Opera House. So it has wooden back seats with padded chairs, and a lot of the architectural designs are vaguely reminiscent. But it's a very intimate space. It's uh, lit. Uh, it's painted with light colors and and the stage is very close to the audience, and so it really creates a very um, even more intimate experience than you have in the, in the opera house. And we do a lot of emerging artists in that space, uh, singer-songwriters and up-and-coming bands, uh, and uh, it, it really is an opportunity for artists who want to connect with the audience very closely. It's a, it's a great space for that. And and for the last couple of years, we've been doing an emerging artist series there, kind of hoping that we're going to discover some of the stars of tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, let's also now move to some of the, the highlights of your upcoming season and some of the things you'd like to point out to um, sure. visitors. Well, as I mentioned before, we are uh, concluding the season in the Playhouse over the next couple of months. Uh, but we do have some wonderful things that are coming up. We have uh, in early March, March 6th through the 8th, we have a production that's called Rain. It's a recreation of Beatles music uh, and the whole vibe. And it's, uh, I was referring to it the other day, it's kind of son of Beatlemania. So it, <laughs> it, it, it real, really tries to recreate the entire Beatles experience of, of when they toured as a band. And it, it's, it's played the Playhouse a couple of other times before. Very popular, and we're glad to be bringing it back. And then April 14th to the 19th, we're presenting uh, Camelot, the classic musical about uh, King Arthur and his court, and Lancelot and Guinevere, and mm. uh, with all that wonderful learner and low music. And then we'll wrap up the season with uh, Frank Lesser's musical Guys and Dolls, uh, May 12th through the 17th. Um, all the you know the wonderful Damon Runyon characters from the 1930s and 40s in New York, and 
It'll be a wonderful, charming way to, to end the current season. And then sprinkled in there, we've got Chubby Checker coming in <laughs> March, and we've got Rich Little coming in May. And I expect uh, within the next uh, few weeks or month that we'll start to announce some additional added events that okay. we'll be doing in the spring and through the summer in the Playhouse. Okay. And very soon we'll be announcing the, the 1516 Broadway series. Oh, great. And I know um, some of the community arts organizations, for instance, the Wilmington Academy of the Dance, um, they have some programming there, such as the Nutcracker. Will you continue doing that? Sure. Uh, we, uh, our approach so far, and, uh, you know, what we say about the Grand, we also now say about the Playhouse, is these are community assets that belong to the audience. They belong to the, the residents of the Delaware uh, of Delaware and the Brandywine Valley. We just run them on behalf of those folks because they have day jobs and, <laughs> and uh, we'll take care of it for them in the interim. And so we intend to make the programming at the Playhouse very responsive to what the audience wants, which is the approach that we have taken at the Grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, If we hear from enough people that they want to see an artist, we'll certainly look into it. And uh, we will do the same thing with the with the programming in the Playhouse. What we're planning on doing is more, so uh, not not necessarily different, but more. And so we will continue the Broadway series. We will continue the artists that have been performing there historically, and we will explore other kinds of programming that we think would appeal to the same kind of audience. One of the things that we might try is a Broadway performer in concert as opposed to a full uh, Broadway production oh. as a way of uh, adding a little uh, star power to the schedule. Right. Um, let's talk about how someone can go about getting tickets. Sure. Well, uh, we have two websites now. Okay. Uh, Playhouse, uh, theplayhousede.org is the, the site for the Playhouse on Rodney Square, and our old tried-and-true URL for the Grand is thegrandwilmington.org. And there are full schedules on on both of those seasons for the two theaters. Because we took over operation of the Playhouse in the middle of the season, we are, for the time being, running two ticketing operations, one in both box offices. They operate on two different ticketing systems that will eventually be integrating, but we haven't done that yet. So there'll be two phone numbers, there'll be two websites, and, and there will be two ticketing systems in the short term. So not much is going to change in the immediate uh, term for Playhouse subscribers, but gradually we'll combine that into one system. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll start marketing shows across those two spaces to art to audiences and give them a chance to try other things and and uh, get a discount for it. That sounds great. And how about the upcoming season at the Grand? You want to talk about that as I'm well? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> uh, also, we have a very busy uh, March coming up. We've got the Flying Karamazov Brothers, the wonderful juggling troupe that have been around for years and are just uh, uh, amazingly good at juggling, but they're also incredibly funny as well. We've got uh, our our hometown boy, George Thorogood, is coming back with the Destroyers on the 10th of March. He's uh, performed at the Grand twice in the last eight years, and he loves coming home, and uh, he... Uh, is famous for saying he never thought when he was a kid he would ever play the grand, but uh, <laughs> but now he gets to play the grand. On the 11th of March, we have Diana Krall, the great jazz pianist and singer, 
Diana performed for us about a year and a half ago and uh, on her last tour. And when she, this tour was coming together, she specifically requested the opportunity to come back and play the Grand. Oh, wonderful. And uh, we were delighted to accommodate her in that regard. And then the next event in the Smart Talk Women's Lecture Series, which has moved from uh, the Playhouse down to the Grand for the current season, uh, will be uh, Delilah of Delilah in the Nighttime, the, in, uh, the national uh, radio host. Okay. And so she will be speaking on the 12th of March. And then, of course, there that's just the beginning of everything that's going on at the Grand, and you can find the rest at thegrandwilmington.org. Yes, I, I peeked at that myself, and it's just, I always am amazed at the diversity of the um, the performers you bring in, the um, uh, different disciplines that they're performing. Um, I noticed Kathy Griffin, the comedian. Coming. Yes. I know she's wildly popular around the country. Um, so it's just a, a really nice um, way that you're exposing everyone to different things. Um, and mm. that is your goal, I'm sure. That's absolutely our goal. Uh, we want everybody to feel like the Grand and now the Playhouse are their place, that they belong there and that the programming that they're interested in, the artistic and live entertainment experiences that they want are, are available here in Wilmington, that they don't have to go to Philadelphia or Baltimore. They, they can stay right here. That's great. Can you give me the website address one sure. more time? It's thegrandwilmington.org and theplayhousede.org. And uh, you will be continuing the children's programming as well? Yes, we have a serious commitment to children's programming, and that's been going on in both venues, and that will continue as well, including Summer Children's Theater, which will be back at the Grand this summer. Oh, great, because I know my son's class is heading up to Freedom Bound ah, coming up. Yes. Um, so I just it, personally want to thank you for keeping those children's programming alive. Well, that's the audience of the future. Well, Mark, we've come to just about the end of our time, so I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Bye-bye.